Welcome to Justifying the F-Word, everybody. Another week, another episode. Yeah, and one of the questions we get probably the most is, what does that F-Word stand for? I kind of feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so what do you guys think it stands for? I would say fire truck, fissure, and old Fezziwig. Fender guitars, Fig Newtons. Ooh, delicious. I know, right? I'm hungry. You guys but but fissures? Fissures. Fissures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's when the earth opens up. Oh, I don't know what you're oh, talking I about. I don't know. It's like Quinn, taking the weird geologist. Yeah, taking that in a whole different um, thing. Um, we, we do have a mystery guest that we'll introduce here in a little bit. But yes. if you hear his smooth, soft, sultry tones, we have. Uh, mm, yes, we're yeah. just going to keep it. So yeah. you're just like, it's, it's like, the anticipation. It's like rusted honey in your ear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but really, F word, guys, stand, um, if you're tuning in. Um, F word as always standing for your forties and fifties again, any age. So if you are in your twenties, your eighties, whatever age is, we want you on here listening, but I mean, it just, it, I mean, it kind of sounds good. right? Yeah. And we welcome you to the tribe. So, uh, quite the week this week, Megan, why don't you give your recap? Yeah. So Thanksgiving, big day, big, big eating day, I would say. <laughs> Yeah. Just a little bit, right? The cornucopia that keeps giving. The horn of plenty spewed forth its goodness of the harvest. Yeah. So we were um, invited to go to Quinn's sister's house and she is a gourmet cook. So way better than we could pull off ourselves. So um, yeah, it was awesome. But can, Qu Quinn, you be can, I tell you, yeah. can I tell you what happened to my week? And I just want to rant here for a second is... I think it is, you know, we kind of do my nerd segments, and I don't know if anybody's written a doctorate on this or not, but I think it's a law of nature that your fire alarm is going to start beeping or a kid will always throw up at 2 a.m. in the morning. I have yet to ever have it happen, like, during the day. So there I was, there fast asleep, were. visions of sugar plums, right? Like, just nestled in my bed, yeah. mom and her kerchief, <laughs> I and my cap, and I was settled down for my warm, my warm winter's nap when, what did I hear? The freaking fire alarm going, Doop. So I got up, struggled, wandered around the house, and then uh, took me about another half hour to find a nine volt. But once again, that's an absolute just uh, law of nature. Well, and you were the only one in the house to hear it. That's because I'm the great protector. Yeah. So <laughs> this week as well, we hit our, we're over a thousand downloads yeah. now, but we hit a thousand download mark this week. So we just want to tell all of you, thank you for staying with us. Yeah. And thank you for sharing guys. That's, that's awesome. Congratulations. You too. Yeah. Thank it's you. Amazing. Ooh, the, who Ooh, the, is that? The stranger. Ooh. So sultry. So, so mysterious. So sultry. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I would like to formally introduce Mr. Rich Bischoff in the studio. And for those of you guys that don't know Rich Bischoff, Rich Bischoff is a guitar player extraordinaire, kind of famous because he kind of plays in the Quinn Brown Project. True, true. I, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> it's a, so famous. It's, it's a very... We've, we've been on Fox 13. Yeah, and you happen to be fired from the band Kansas. I Before I even was hired. Before you were even hired, which is mm -hmm. better than anybody else can say, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's awesome. So I just want to introduce Rich. I met Rich when I was a young 21-year-old man with, Ooh, that with, was a lifetime with dreams that had not been crushed yet. 
Right. Yeah. And Rich was playing with the band. You're so innocent. I know. So Rich and I both attended Utah State University. We were both pure. We were both pure back then. Pure and innocent. The world had not tainted us. I don't think you had streaked across Utah State at that age. No, I was, no. I mean, at least maybe not Utah State, but there are plenty of other. Yes, yes. There's (laughs) plenty of other instances of public nudity. Yeah, there's a lot of photos out there that Quinn could never become president. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So anyway, uh, I met Rich. Rich was playing with a band called Brother Sage, and I was in a band called Cinnamon Brown and the Eskimos at the time, and we used to open up for each other, and we'd always remark like, hey, that, that guy can absolutely shred. Well, fast forward, what, 10 years, 12 years? I would say yeah, 15. 15. 15, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, yeah. 15. more. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, something like that. A while. And uh, moved back to Utah and uh, got reconnected with Rich through a mutual friend, and then uh, said mutual friend moved out of town, and Rich... Settled right in like like a hand in a warm glove, right into the Quinn Brown yeah. project. Well, because it was great because everyone could play, everyone could play their instruments, but nobody was did wanted to rehearse, so we yeah. could always just show up to a gig and well, kind of pull it off. I mean, we still did yeah. rehearse a little bit, but it was like just showing up and like killing it. And, and for those <laughs> of you guys that don't know, um, when it comes to playing in a band as an adult. It's finding people that are really good and as equally uncommitted to the whole thing as you are. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. So, so Rich and I actually um, happen to be uh, roommates, roomies, when we go on the road. And uh, Rich, you and I have had some fun fun times together. Yes, and in fact, uh, Quinn used to bring his yoga mat to the hotel room, to gigs where we'd play. I don't know if you ever actually did yoga. Oh, I did yoga, did bro. Did? I may have been taking a nap. <laughs> While you, took, dogs. while you took while you did yoga <laughs> absolutely love it did you wake up and go what is happening well, with my life when when i first met these guys and he's like oh i've got my laptop in my uh my yoga mat i was just like what have i got myself into well we didn't we did invite you to run up the mountain with us too <laughs> that's true i think rich was smart enough to be like i'm staying at the hotel no, i've been up to jackson enough that i was like okay guys i've seen all this you're like, you yeah, guys go you have go, fun. I'm going to relax. Rich also shares a very warm affinity for a hot tub. So, Oh, yes. And, yeah. it, and it's one of my dreams to have the pleasure cooker. Yes. Uh, what do you call it again? The USS, the USS pleasure. pleasure Cooker. Yeah. Isn't, it a uh, pre- isn't it a prerequisite of being in the band that you have to love to hot tub? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, a was, a thing, there was a thing called the Jacuzzi Quest. Ooh. And in fact, there was one time when Quinn was not with us. We were doing a three-piece and so Kirk <laughs> walked into a hotel and asked the guy at the front desk, hey, do you care if we just uh, use the hot tub? And we thought, there's no way this is going to work. Why not? Quinn comes, or Kirk comes walking back out. We're good to go, guys. <laughs> so wait, there were three of you guys in a hot tub together. Rub-a-dub, what, what, rub-a-dub, what, rub-a-dub, what do they call that? I feel like, I feel I, like I think that is... there's something some. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into this. He's like shaking his head. Yeah. I love a good hot yeah. tub. Stop now. Stop now. <laughs> Please no, please no. The the reason why we have Rich on, besides just being an all-around incredible guitar player and great friend, is Rich is the absolute king of the side hustle. And Megan, do you want to just talk about what a side hustle is for a second? Well, the side hustle, if you have watched Zootopia, (laughs) yes, you know. I think it Try Anything. Yeah, that's your favorite song. No, anyway, um, but yeah, the side hustle, um, the reason why we wanted to bring Rich on is he's not only an amazing guitar player like we've talked about, um, and we're going to dive into that even more, but um, he 
has started this side hustle. So besides playing guitar, like, um, how did you, how did you get started? Like on, on this, your side hustle? I love that you're like slowly cracking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I you have get- to, I'm getting, you guys are getting really serious. Now. I know. But- I was like, I mean, was it to land chicks? Like, I mean, what, what was it along the way that the side hustle was birthed? Necessity. Really, it was just a way for me to make extra money so that my wife and I and my family could live the lifestyle we actually wanted to live and not have to be like, oh, we can't go on that trip because I'm not doing something extra. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so in reality, that was a huge part of it, but also I'm really passionate about video and music. And if I'm not doing something, I get a lot of anxiety and I just can't sit still and Sometimes I actually even get depressed if I'm not doing something. And so music and creating content, thus my YouTube channel, was a way to do that. And about two and a half, three years ago, uh, my brother sends me, sends me this uh, text. Hey, Richard. That's what they all call me. They call me Richard. I, they, I don't, they don't I, shorten I don't it call, in any sometimes other way. Sometimes they do. It's mostly... <laughs> Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do do that. Oh, I was just wondering. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Megan? I don't know. Anyway, long story short, my brother's like, you have some money that the state uh, has that they say is yours. I'm like, what? So you can go to this website called Claim Your Money or whatever. And I said, what is, so I call them. I said, what is this money? And they're like, it's from Google. And I, and I had started posting on YouTube uh, years ago, but never got serious about it. I just would post something. It would get a few views. I'm like, this kind of sucks. And it just, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. So I just never jumped into it. And as soon as I got that, I got this check for like 280 bucks that I never claimed because I never set up anything monetarily on YouTube, but somehow YouTube knew that they owed me money. <clears throat> Why does me. this never happen to us? Well, no, <laughs> I usually never, it never happens to me. Usually like, we get yeah. the one in the mail that's like, oh, by the way, you owe $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, what's your secret no, sauce? No, no I, I've gotten those as well. And in fact, there's all this stuff happened over Thanksgiving. We won't even get into that's just horrible. Um, but anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, man, I made money on YouTube. If that means I actually went and did this and got serious about it, what can, what can happen? So I kind of knew the guy that worked at the guitar store down the street where I worked and I went in there and said, hey, do you care if I just take, what do you think about me taking gear and doing reviews? And he honestly just said, we were going to do that ourselves. If you want to do it, that would be awesome. And so I have basically have access to like whatever guitars I want from this store in Logan, Utah. You're more than welcome to mention the name of the store. Give it a plug. Main Street Guitars. Go check it out. <laughs> it's in the basement of the book table. Uh, they've been good to me. They've been good to a lot of people. They sell about every name brand guitar you can possibly think of. Mostly guitars uh, and amps. So if you're a guitar player, go check them out. So Rich, um, tell me about the first dollar you ever made playing. I mean, I know that as a mus- as a fellow musician, that's a pretty amazing thing when that happens. Tell me when when was that? So I probably you remember the Twenty Fourth Street Gallery or whatever it was called in Salt Lake. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Was it that was was, was that? Is that what it was called? I yeah. was a baby. Megan would have been like in <laughs> was it called the twenty yeah. something Galleria? Anyway, I, I didn't it, rob the cradle. Okay, I was going to say it was probably demolished. It, it went out of business right before she. <laughs> we did a gig there, and it was like basically this like bowling alley slash uh, miniature golf, but they had like a stage in the middle of this place. It's like all the cool, fun stuff you can do inside, and uh, I think we got paid ten bucks each, me and my high school band, and we were kind of more of like a Rush cover band classic rock 
I think we made money. But the first time I really like thought, whoa, this is cool, was that we played for Utah State when I first got off. Uh, when I first started school, I went up there with the band, and they hired us to play as school was kind of starting. And the first gig we did was in what's called the Student Center. And then that night we played on the quad. And I remember getting a check for 400 bucks and going, okay, I want to keep doing this. You know what I mean? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, Rich, when did you stop? Stop what? Getting, gigging. I've never stopped gigging. Exactly. <laughs> so I one, was like, is this a trick question? <laughs> What's happening one here? Of, one of the coolest stories about Rich and about a side hustle, right, is uh, Rich, when I first met Rich, he was just moving into a brand new house. And I asked Rich, I said, wow, I said, that's, that's amazing, man. And Rich said, uh, you want to know what's even more amazing? And I said, what? And he said, I use gig money for the down payment. Bam. Well, the coolest story is that when I was taking lessons up at Utah State from Mike Christiansen, um, my mom says to him, can you teach him like some classical or something, not this rock and roll stuff? And Mike turns and says to my mom, rock and roll paid for my house. And so that kind of always stuck in my head. And so for years, I would just play these kind of like whatever gig I could play. I, was, I had this bank account that was across the street from the place I worked. It was like a credit union. I would walk over on my lunch break and deposit my gig money from the weekend. And I'd just never touch it. And by the time I sold my old house and we wanted to get into this new house, my wife had no idea how much money was in there. And she's you like, have one of those? Yeah. This uh, is kind of like, she I, knew. She, like, she knew one of those? No, she I, knew I had the account. Oh, okay. She knew I had the account. I mean, I'm okay if there's a hidden account too. No, I, 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 I think right. the $10,000 that paid for braces came out yeah, of okay, uh, okay. some uh, blood, sweat, and tears on okay. the stage. Anyway. Yeah, keep going. Keep so, going. Yeah, yeah, no. I was, I was not really hiding it from her. She knew I had it. She was happy I was doing it because I'm the only one in the re- relationship that really saves money. And so... <laughs> Tyra, I love you, but you don't save any money. Um, hey, you got to be good at something, right? Megan's yeah. Megan's incredible at spending money too, right? Yeah, you guys. My shoes Cheers. look amazing. Okay, <laughs> they, they're on point. They're, they're on, point. on point. Anyway, yeah. we sold our house in the recession. It was like, and we sold it for. And the cool thing about the house thing is that we build our own house when we first build our first house, so we had a lot of equity in it. So not only did I have that equity, but then I had like thirty five, thirty six thousand dollars from gigs that I put into my house and I mean, yeah. Side hustle. Yeah. Side hustle. You know I mean? Well, and, and the thing I find amazing about that is you took something that you loved. Right. And I think one of the hardest things that people come across is they're like, Oh, I'd love to do something, but I just don't know what. And not only there, we know quite a few musicians that play that d- still, and they've been doing it for years, but don't make any money doing it. But I think one of the neatest things, Rich, is why don't you talk about um, not only did you get into playing, and we we barely touched on YouTube a little bit, but what, what else are you doing to increase your revenue stream as part of your side hustle? So one thing. Um, First, talk about the most joyous thing in the world, which is the uh, teaching. There's no better, no <laughs> stop, greater stop, gift. Stop, stop. <laughs> no, I, no, I will get into D. that. <laughs> no, especially when they don't practice one iota. Um, and there's every excuse. I, my question is, do you sing like Adele and Taylor Swift with your students? Because that would be Quinn. Like we would just sit no, on I, the stairs. No, I'll do whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Quinn knows every word to You're every my, ta- my, my lover. <laughs> every Taylor Swift song. And so it's a little embarrassing. No, I can't even remember. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. So 
early, early on as a musician, getting back to the whole side hustle thing is that I realized you can't just do one thing, which kind of sucks because unless you like live in Nashville or you have some kind of connections, you have some kind of fame, you really have to put your, um, dip your feet into about everything. So eggs it, in a it's different like, basket. I'd like yeah. to say it's like the uh, melting pot with various fondues. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which I love fondue. So, you know, it works out. But the thing is, is Delicious. So, so I started working, I started teaching guitar in college just for a little extra cash. But then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I could pick up some students in Brigham where I lived because it was a small town. There was only a, one other big guitar player that lived there. And he didn't even move there till I'd been there for a while. And so I, I basically had a waiting list of guitar players. And then I was really, for a lot of years, I had this job where, um, I mean, most jobs you can kind of surf the internet. So I really got into researching recording and I kind of fell in love with like recording, like the process of it and microphones and gear and all that nerdy stuff. So I got into that. So that was another way of me making money. So I had lessons, I had, uh, the studio, I had gigs. And so then just recently, you know, two and a half, three years ago, I got serious about YouTube. So now I've got all these, you know, like four income streams coming in from my side hustle, which you have to almost have to do to make, uh, unless you blow up as a YouTuber or something really cool happens for you. Uh, like I would love to just do one of those things, not teaching, not teaching. Don't. <laughs> I feel like that's every guitar teacher. <laughs> no, you know what? I love... I love kids and I love all that stuff, but like, that's just, it's kind of like, it kills your soul. Well, I will say as a teaching, as, as, as as someone who is taught, (laughs) you know, you have, you have the ones that steal your soul solely. And then you have the ones that are so rewarding that they come in, they write a song and it's amazing right? and they love it. And then you have the ones, but I think there's always one difference. Those that practice and those that don't. Yeah. Resistance. Resistance. So Rich, you were talking about YouTube, right? Yes. So what age? Because we know you, but let our audience know, like what age were you at? I was probably 45. 45, right? And yeah. yeah. So in a. Well, I mean, I really, really, I started YouTube when the platform first got on there. And I'm like, oh, what's this new thing? And I remember uploading a guitar, like almost like kind of a lesson video that got within a week, got 100,000 views. And I just thought, oh, whatever. I didn't know anything. And back then, I don't think you could even monetize it. People were just like, it was like the Wild West of content and social media. And so I was just like, whatever. And then life got so busy that, and all of a sudden everyone started doing it. And so I'd put a, I'd put a video up and it would only get all of a sudden I was going from a hundred thousand views to like 20 views, hundred views. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't all the time you put in isn't worth it. But once I got that check from Google, that's when I'm like, you know what? So that that was more of your spark where you were like, yeah, I was like, you know what? Oh, I can really, I can really make money. And the nice thing was, is because I started early, I already had almost a thousand subscribers, which you have to have on YouTube to start making money. And you have to have so many hours of views. I already had that. So all I had to do is just start doing it. And then I, I grew, you know what I mean? Like from there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So with doing that, obviously you started it at 45. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about YouTube, you think about, 17 year old millionaires that crash Ferraris for fun and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was Rich's really? lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my what my, it turns into your kids crashing your cars. Oh, good times. Yeah. We're about a year out yeah. from that. Yeah. So just you wait. Just so with you, wait. so with starting this, with starting this at 45, uh, what was the most challenging aspect of it? I mean, how do you start it at 45 when you're 25? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> my slim figure here. Yeah, there you go. Um, the most challenging thing is just the time. You know what I mean? And balancing it with your family and like making sure that they're happy with the time they're spending with you, especially your spouse. Like, uh, in fact, it's gotten to a point where you spend so much time doing stuff up in the studio, which is above my garage, kind of like this loft area I have in my house, a bonus room. And, um, that I finally was like, you know what? I want to kind of be around my family more that I bought a laptop just to edit video on. So I could be downstairs or in bed with my wife and not just up there alone. Do you know what I mean? That's called multitasking. Young yeah. I, well, I, well, I, I have a good computer. You're like, I'm here. You're like, but, no, exactly. Uh, yeah. I have You're good, in bed. I have a good computer upstairs, but I was like, you know what? I'm just up here and no one ever comes up here when I'm doing this. I'd rather just, I can edit and still hang out with my kids and my wife and talk to them. And so I, that was only like a few months ago that I just said, I'm going to buy a laptop and just start editing the video on my laptop. But it so. sounds like that has been just, life-changing for you and your family yeah yeah it's, i mean the thing about my family my kids is they grew up around all that stuff do you know what i mean so they kind of i don't i don't think they really take it for granted but they they all play an instrument or three do you know what i mean and tell tell our audience how many kids you have three three yeah yeah and the fact that you have teenagers that aren't like oh i hate music is amazing no yeah, yeah they, they, love, they, they love it oh man they i mean my daughter we bought tickets to see this band in december called churches um coming to salt lake and that's one of the things i do with my kids that i love doing I'm, like i started bonding with my uh she's 19 now but at the time probably like 14 with sage my oldest over a band called paramore and lots of other music but yeah you know that's super cool man um <sighs> Uh, and I know all of us that have run a side hustle always hit this point, but tell us about a point where you asked yourself, is this actually worth it? And what kind of helped push you over the edge? Cause you know, for anybody listening that maybe wants to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or I don't, or start their own little boutique on Etsy, there's going to come a point where you have the excitement where it's like, Oh, this is awesome. We're moving. And then the, is this actually worth it, man? Like, is this worth the time? Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every week, yeah. You guys know. You guys just started a podcast, and so you know kind of what goes into it. Uh, and it takes, I, I will say, for Quinn and I, eye-opening, um, how much time. And that was one thing I would say we're episode seven today, and we were very naive right from the get-go. You're like, oh, it seems so easy. We can just do this, and boom, it's up. And it, it's 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 very time consuming. Yeah. And the thing is, 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 as you do it more, it gets easier and you get faster at it. But, um, even though that's happening, sometimes you don't feel like you're seeing a lot of reward from it. And so you have to do, if you're going to do this kind of thing, it has to come from inside you and not the outside reward that you would get from like, Oh, I heard, listen to your podcast or man, your YouTube channel's amazing. And, or you get tons of subscribers if you're going to do this kind of thing, it has to be from inside and something you really want to do and continue to do because you love it and have the passion for it. And that's why I think that if you start doing something like you guys probably start doing this because you like talking about stuff together as a couple. We talk a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> which That's great. And I love that. Yes. It's, uh, and I wish my wife and I were more like you guys talking this much as you guys do. But so for me, it was like, I love music, man. And the whole thing about behind what I do 
the passion behind it is that creating music. And in fact, you know, Quinn, you know that just the last few years I've been releasing more stuff on Spotify and trying to do that because the whole reason I got into this is because I love music and I wanted to play guitar and it, it's not about any money because really you don't make a ton. I mean, I've done well enough that I get manufacturers that send me cool products. Sometimes I have an income that comes in every month. That's, you know, not tons, but it like pays for stuff. Do you know what I mean? Well, and that's yeah. gotta be just huge, you know, yeah. like get, give that wiggle room and, well, and, and stuff and for your family. Well, it's to just, do cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I thought about, like my mom gave me this book years ago. If I don't know if you guys ever read this, it's called where's my cheese or who moved my cheese. No, but I freaking love cheese. <laughs> all, all. Anyway, I, I do not discriminate against varieties of I cheese. I mean, I love it too. Besides blue cheese, yeah, I, I don't like blue yeah. cheese either. I hate yeah. blue cheese. A good blue cheese crumbled on a steak is yeah. Well, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, um, okay. anything on steak or pizza is probably pretty good. I digress. <laughs> anyway, where was I going? I don't even know. You said your mom book cheese. Cheese. Oh yeah, and like, all I heard who, was cheese. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, who moved, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think the book's called who moved my cheese. And it's, it's basically like a mouse, you know, knows where the cheese is and they'll go for it. And, and all of a sudden if it's gone, they got to figure out where to go to get the cheese again. And that in life, you're going to have, you're going to lose a job. You're going to have like things move. And so for me, um, when gigs dry up, I depend on other things. So if I'm not playing a lot of gigs, YouTube might be the income I depend on or teaching. I might pick up more students. And so you kind of have to be really flexible um, if you're going to do the kind of thing with like yoga creation. flexible or like <laughs> he's glaring. <laughs> at Megan. Um, no, <laughs> no. Well, I, so the thing too, I mean, you talked about passion, right? Yeah. Was you didn't pick something out there for your side hustle that you're like, I don't really know about this. It was something from the time, you know, right at the beginning you were saying as a young boy, yeah. you love guitars. Like Quinn even said before, as we were going over this interview, getting ready for it, he was like, I like guitars. Rich loves guitars. He loves the process of it. He loves how to mix it. He likes to build them. Like, I mean, I'm probably using the wrong terms no, here. No. But See, now Quinn probably has lives a more balanced life than I do, and that's probably why he, he didn't get into it as much as I did. And I'm probably one of those obsessives that, like, I love the whole, yeah, you're it's right, you're right. No, I but I mean, you've been able to take something that, and, and to monetize where it has changed. And so for me, so I've talked in past episodes about being in, in fitness, right? right? So my background, I graduated in marketing, so I... I did marketing actually for gyms. So I was in that industry. So as always, we always share too much, but I, I told this story in, uh, I think it was a resistance episode about being deathly afraid of being in front of people, like literally. And I did tell in there that I did start teaching spin and that's kind of what started. Right? Why don't you talk about why yes, you wanted so, to teach? Yes. Spin? So what what's spin spin cycling oh, okay. so I, I had never taught group fitness i was working and um 
I was in my early 20s and I was flatter than a board. Like I like to say I was like a 13-year-old chubby boy. Like I had no chest. Are we talking about boobs? <laughs> yes, boobs. Uh, okay. So, just just to wow. clarify, this podcast yes. went from yes, side boom. hustle to boobs. I mean, yeah. I'm loving you guys' no, podcast. I, we're we're going to come loving this. We're going to come full okay. circle. Get, guitars are in there too, so yeah. it's everything full you love, Rich. Full, full circle. I feel full. like we have like a full Motley Crue music video going on now. No, but so I... I Megan, you brought us here. Yes. So I, yes, I really wanted to get a boob job. Like I, it was something I wanted to do for myself. And at that point in our life, we were just like, we don't have money to do this. And I remember Quinn being as wise as he is. He's like, yeah, wait, I know you want to say something. <laughs> Go, come on. I was going to say like Yoda, but anyway. Yes, like Yoda. <laughs> anyway, so I we would go to this cycling class twice a week. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about teaching? I'm like, uh, no. Like, I couldn't be in front of a microphone, all of this. And he, he said, I think that you should stretch yourself. You love fitness. And he said, take that money, put it 100% away, and do that where it's something that you're going to do for yourself. That was my motivation was literally like, you know, it took me probably a year and a half, you know, of saving money. But that was the kind of thing If that is what started my side hustle. Yes, it was my boob job, but it was the kind of deal that that is what sprung me into the fitness industry. Kind of like you saying, are we playing guitar? <laughs> was... I'm just surprised you didn't wear a tighter shirt. Yeah, I know I'm wearing flannel, but... um <laughs> But yeah, but that's the kind of deal was. Sorry, Quinn. Stop. It was. You guys can edit any, any of this out you want. No. Unfortunately, it's all live. We, it's we live, don't baby. Oh, are we live right now? Yeah, we're, we're, we're live. Okay. Yeah, but um, it was the kind of deal that I didn't pick something that was, you know, like you said, it was something that was already my passion and that became my side hustle. And there's been times well, throughout the Well, it became years, your side hustle, but then what did it actually become after that? It became that? my career. Your career. So yeah. you went from hey, I want to do this just to make a little extra money to get some boobs. Yeah, to, and I did. <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> to I all yeah. of a sudden, I really like this to, for example, when we lived in Vegas, I want to start my own company to all of a sudden I can leave my other job because I'm making more money at this side hustle and I'm doing what I love. Yeah, and for me, it was... I needed something that was like you're potty training your kid and you put the prize on top of the toilet. And that was what I was working towards. We lost our 20 somethings right there. Yeah. No, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but all the, all the people that have kids that have potty trained realize that it's the worst thing ever. But for me, it was that, that was my, uh, that was how I started my side hustle as I had my thing working towards. Well, and I, you know, and as, as you were doing that, I followed you on Instagram. What is it? Fit mom therapy. Yes. Yeah. So like, and I totally admire people that do it, that like put it out there and you were putting it out there. Do you know what I mean? You're posting stuff. You weren't afraid to do things. And I think that's the thing about a side hustle is just starting. Yeah. And if, if I can interject here for a second, one, one great thing I've learned from Rich is, uh, I've been in Rich's studio and we will go up there and record some music. And the, one of the problems is when you are really passionate about something, when you love it and you're, and you're good at it you're afraid to put it out there, you know, because you, you, you're totally exposed. And so you, I think that Taylor Swift would say the haters going to hate, 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 hate. Yeah. So, but, but the problem is, is you end up like, like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 20. 
Our, 22, our, 48. Our, our, old, our oldest thought it was, I'm feeling sweaty too. Yeah, or as Rich would say, me. I wear short shorts, Quinn wear sneakers. <laughs> I have never said that in my life, Quinn. Do never go, uh, never go bleachers. <laughs> okay, but uh, so let me go back to the recording. Stop interrupting me, Megan. It was so okay. good. So uh, going back to the recording studio with Rich, is you have this desire to make it perfect. And as you do it over and over and over again. It actually kind of gets a little worse and a little worse and a less, less authentic and less authentic. And Rich is really good about saying, let's just go, let's do this. This is good. Let's move. And, uh, and that's honestly, probably if you look at most people wanting to start a side hustle, cause there's everybody in the, in their, in the world that says, I'd like, I'd like to start something. Right. But it's, it's the starting line. That's really the, the scariest part. And I'm glad you brought that up because if you look at, anything I've released like creatively on Spotify or whatever. The last record I did was 2010. And then I got in this place in my life where I would record stuff and I'd be like, it sucks. I'm not releasing anything. I'm not going to do anything with it. It took like nine years for me to release something again. So you can get there. Was it, was it it just more, you think like self doubt or, Self-doubt, everyone's doing it. It's the market's flooded with creative content, blah, 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 blah. It's if you tell yourself that, you're never gonna do anything. So you might as well just that part of your brain you need to just delete. And well, and I I, re- I remember you told Quinn before we started this podcast, because I know he talked to you about it, and Quinn had said multiple times he you know, he said, Rich said the best advice is just do it. It's not going to be perfect. And don't beat yourself up over it because you're taking that step. Well, a lot get, of people like it's that first step in that yep. direction. Well, and the thing is, is you're going to get, as you start doing it, you're going to realize you're going to get better at it. Because, yeah. But if you don't start, you can't get better at it. You know what I mean? Rich, what would you say to people who are too scared to start a side hustle? I know you're going to say just start, but like. Think about boobs. <laughs> If you've got nice boobs, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna be do really well with a side hustle, especially if you're like on Instagram or something. I mean, Vegas, there's a lot of side hustles. Yeah, it really just, is. Just saying. No, Rich. What what would you say to somebody? Because, like I said, you've started multiple things. I know one of the things when you first kind of dove back into YouTube was you decided you were gonna go and interview recording studios. Yeah. And that. Um, I mean, what would be your, your biggest piece of advice for that about people just afraid? to So start? just try stuff first, but like getting back to what you're, I mean, I was really passionate about recording studios and I knew I was a good guitar player, but I, there were so many guitar channels that I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I want to try doing this other thing with recording studios, but there aren't any, any recording studios in Utah. <laughs> there just aren't any, there's like five really big ones that you could go and like, it's impressive to watch on a video. Like, here you go, here's this studio. And then after that, I was like, now what do I do? I could, yes, I could teach recording, but there's a million channels like that. So for me, it was like finding my niche and with YouTube, especially like if you don't stay in your niche, you're not going to get the views. And I, I feel like my niche right now is like guitar demos and maybe like, just gear, guitar gear, demo stuff. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. And you're always kind of on that path of trying to figure out what your niche is. And if you can like niche down even more to where you get pull more people in, that's kind of what you want to try to do. Well, I, I think one of the things, and you've been really good about this and all that you do too, is uh, I think if you're going to do anything that you're passionate about, you need to be authentic and real. 
that and you need to be good at it. Yeah. Um, my thing was, is like, I feel like I put in, you know how they always talk about the 10,000 hours to be really good Ooh, at something. Malcolm know? Gladwell. Is that who that yeah. is? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. And so keep like, going, keep going. So if, if you can do that, um, and I felt like I was in this place as a guitar player where I could do gear demos and really show off the guitar because I can play a lot of different styles um, from lots of different decades. And so you really have to be good at what you do. And that helps too. You can be passionate and there's dudes that do really well also that are just passionate and they're not even as good at guitar. They have great big, huge YouTube channels. And you're like, how do they do that? Well, they're just passionate and they're, they work freaking hard. They're putting out content constantly and it looks good and it sounds good. And so you got, there's so many variables about success with side hustles. So rich, um, well, I, I think just along with that, don't you think that people can tell if you're not like, if it's oh, yeah. something that yeah. you're just like, well, and eh, and and I'm kind well, of faking it. I think people can see right through that. Exactly. Right? And there's times I've probably done a YouTube video where I was not in the mood to do it. And maybe people could tell like Rich, Rich is just going through the motions on that, on that, on that, on that gear demo right there. We, we, we may or may not have had a gig like that, right? Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, yeah. The gigs too. Yeah. Any, anything you do where you're sitting there um, playing, you, watching the football game in the back yeah. of the bar oh, while yeah. you're playing. Well, oh yeah. I've, I've been on stage with a bass player that answered his phone once while doing while he's playing with one hand and talking to a customer from his business from another. another. That's why we told our daughter, yeah. you can date the drummer, the guitar player, the never, the bass player <laughs> 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 sorry oh, for any bass players out oh, there that's, yeah that's good okay so uh what's one thing you wish you would have known when you got started like i know it's it's quite the uh the learning curve but what's one thing you wish that you would have known or a piece of advice or something mm. you wish you would have for me um work hard but I didn't really have to have that as far as the guitar playing thing went because I just, I mean, I would, I'd be downstairs playing for seven hours and my mom would have to tell me to come up and eat. You know what I mean? Like she was like, they'd bang my, my room was in the basement and they'd bang on the, I think my room was right below their bedroom, my parents' bedroom. She would bang on the ceiling to get me to come up to eat. And there's nothing perverted about that, Quinn. No. He's looking at you like, know, like, yeah, it's, like, it's my mom pounding her foot, Quinn. Come on. Where'd your mind go? Walk away. <laughs> I didn't anyway. say anything. No, it, you could see it in your eyes. Yeah, Quinn and Megan can read you more than I can. Yeah. Do, so. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I for me, the advice would be just like, I, I think the biggest advice is from early on was like, don't give up. If you want to do something, keep going. I think a lot of people start with something and they either get frustrated or life comes along and just kind of slaps them around a little bit. And then they just put something that they're passionate about to the side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like he's, it's, it's, we, we talk about this all the time in, in this podcast about not being too old for the things you love. Right. And I think there's a lot of times I know Megan gets it. I know your wife gets it all the time when they're like, are, are they seriously out gigging or? Yeah. I've had people that are like, oh, you should really tell your husband he's too old for that. And I'm like, they've what? really said that. Oh, I've had it so many times or I can't believe he's still doing that at this age. And to me now, I'm like, I don't even have to justify. Did you see say what I did there? Justify. Yeah. But um, yeah, because I think. You know, we've talked in previous episodes. I'm like, that is one, makes Quinn happy. Two, comes back a better dad. 
Three, yeah, he. It, it's been a side hustle, not quite as big as yours, but it's the kind of deal I'm like, paid for braces. Like, you know, and yeah, so to me, exactly. I'm like, to me, you don't need to, to justify it. But everybody wants to get on board when it's big. When it's small, like smaller and you're like just playing on the weekends, it's like, well, why is he still doing that? It, but everyone wants to get on board when it's like, it's it, big. It's interesting because uh, when you first, like when you're small, Nobody, people think you're being immature doing something that you love at this age. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. When, when it's small. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, if you become somebody really big locally, they're all of a sudden, oh. It's the coolest whoa. thing ever. Yeah, what well, happened? It, it, and you're like going, really? Yeah. So my friend from high school, her husband, I've met him once, but more, I know her. Um, her husband, I mean, there might be some people out there that might know him, but he, what is he, the solo hunter? Yeah. Anyway, so I guarantee I would be very interested to talk to him, but if you know anything in hunting, he's like the man. And he's made everything, YouTube, podcast, all of that, but he started it kind of same thing. is just like, I like to hunt. And I guarantee like kind of that same starting starting game where people are like, oh, I can't believe your husband's out hunting again. And it's it's been able to definitely grow. That's not everybody's goal, but he definitely has been able to grow it. Now everyone's like, oh, yeah, I want a piece of that. My brother's in his 50s. He lives in Nebraska. He wakes up early in the morning before he goes into work and goes to this duck club and shoots ducks. Ooh. So, I mean, the hunting thing. I, it's real. I can't, yeah. I, can't, I can't see anyone bashing on that at any age. Well, I just. You know I, I, I think probably more that would come from the woman's side. Like, oh, okay. because to me, a lot of people won't say stuff about Quinn. I mean, you guys haven't gigged that much, or Quinn hasn't. Thanks a lot, COVID. Yeah. But I mean, it's the kind of when you guys were gigging a lot more, I would have people all the time. Yeah. But they won't go up to Quinn. It's kind of like, are you still letting him do that? I'm like. Oh, oh you're, you're almost, you're like a single mom. What, he's yeah. leaving you at home and, and you have to stay home with the kids and yeah. you just go out and fun with the boys. Really? You still letting him do that, Megan? Why yeah. are you letting him do that? <laughs> And that's where you're like, just stay in your lane, stay in your lane, dude, stay in your lane. (laughs) Well, and I think really what it comes down to is if you're going to start a side hustle, look into your life and say, what do I truly love? Yeah. Because if it's like, whether it be podcasting, recording, playing guitar, if you, the whole key to being successful is being consistent, you know, and that if it's consistent practicing, it's if, if it's consistent gigging, if it's consistent recording, if it's consistent putting out content, if you're not if you don't love it, you're, you're never going to stick with it. And it'll be just kind of a, uh, that was fun. And I think to probably add to that is, and I think this is way harder. It's easier to say than to do is own it because we've, we've ran into a lot of people that are starting a side hustle and it's almost people will down talk it. And I, I understand why, because you feel very vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. But own it. Be proud of what your work is. Even if it has slow traction, you don't make that giant snowman in your yard without starting with that small snowpack that you're slowly building if you've ever done that in the yard. And so we've done that. It was like the other day, someone was just like, oh, this is just something I'm doing. And you're like, we we told them, we're like, own it. Be proud of it. Be proud of what you're doing. And I I think just as human beings, I think sometimes when you start something, it either scares people or make kind of makes them feel bad that they're not trying to do something. And so they want to, I think human nature is innately talk it down. 
So I think for any of our listeners, you know, if you do have somebody that's doing something and it doesn't matter if it's not in your lane or if it's something that you're even going to be part of or invest in or invest any time into, support it because you know what? They're growing as a person and doing something they love. And I think that's amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yep. It's all about, I mean, and I follow this guy on Instagram that he's all about, I don't care what people think of me. That's why I've become successful because I don't care. So if you can get to this point where you don't care what other people think and just do your thing and be passionate, be authentic, be you, that's where I think the success comes, especially for yourself fulfillment wise. Well, and I, and I will say just like, you know, when you, when you record music, it's, it, it's like, um, it's, it's almost like emotional nudity, right? Cause you're putting, you're putting part of your soul out there. Do you have socks on? Yeah. Cause if you're <laughs> naked with socks on, you feel way more naked. Yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent more naked if you have socks on. I'm just wondering <laughs> compared to if you don't have socks I on wearing socks. Yeah. <laughs> what, what if you're wearing socks and you're porky pig in it? Do you feel more naked than just being naked? Yes. You would feel more naked if you're porky pigging it. Okay. Just wondering, just clarifying. <laughs> porky pigging it? That's where you have, you have a shirt on. Oh no! Yeah, like on. you know, Porky yeah. Pig. Like he <laughs> just has the shirt. <laughs> we, we call it in our house Porky Pig in it. Do your kids run around Porky Pig in all the time? No, no. no kind oh, of just you guys. Kind of fun story. Um, came out of my hip surgery, and the lady like brought you know has, hospital gown, brought my gown or my clothes back over, and she just gives me my shirt, and I had to leave with this full leg brace. And she didn't give me any pants, and I just looked at her, and I'm still like high as a kite. And Quinn said that I looked at her and well, I said, no, I- she said, she said, well, uh, you can either just go or you can put your pants on. Yeah. yeah. And I just looked at her and I, and I, I don't really remember it, but I just looked at her. And I'm like, I'm not porky pigging it out of this place with everything hanging out. I, I believe it's, I'm not going to porky pigging it down this hallway lady. Yeah. And you were so high. I'm like, she'll, she'll put pants on. She'll, she'll, put, she'll yeah. put, don't, don't worry. She'll put pants on. So anyway, I was going to say, uh, congratulations on getting through all that. Yeah. I mean, last yeah time, walking. Like the last uh, time uh. I saw a picture, you were like in a wheelchair. And yeah. Then, yeah. It, I've so, come a long way. People yeah. come a long way. So. All right. Well, I know we've talked about, um, starting a side hustle. I know we've talked about Rich's YouTube channel. Just real quick, Rich, before we dive into this next segment, uh, how many followers do you have? Uh, I just hit thir- about 13,000 on YouTube, which I mean, in the scheme of things, that doesn't seem like a lot compared to some of these big YouTubers, but it's, I mean, for, it's huge for local. Yeah. It's, pretty, awesome. it's yeah. pretty good, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. For me just doing like maybe one, one or two videos a week, you know? I absolutely love Own it. Own that shiz yeah. right there. absolutely Own love it. it. Yeah. Well, as part of Rich's side hustle, he's been a, as he mentioned, he took a little hiatus in recording, but he's been a recording machine as of late. Machine. And, uh, and, and as part of uh, decking the halls, yes, and as part mm-hmm. of uh, celebrating the Navidad, as we'd say in the old country, yes. Rich has recently put out a Christmas album. Rich, so what inspired you to do us do it, and uh, tell us all about it, man? So I kind of always wanted to do a well, you know. Really, the whole Christmas album came from an album I did this year as well. I did a like a electric guitar hymns. You know what I mean, and that the whole instrumental thing, Christmas instrumental album came from that whole idea. And I reached out to a guy that was really successful and he kind of, in a way kind of gave me a pat on the back and said, yeah, just start putting stuff out, man. You just got to start putting stuff out and always just keep putting stuff out no matter what people say and just flood your content. And that's the way you do it. And so 
but in a way, I, but I've always wanted to do it anyway. It was just having somebody that was like successful in the music business saying, Hey rich, you're already good. Just do it, dude. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where the Christmas album idea came from was I just kind of kept going on this instrumental, but on this album, I do a couple songs where I sing on as well. So, Oh yeah. And, and I, and before that, before I did any of this instrumental guitar stuff, I was doing, I, I was a singer songwriter and I've done like albums of tons of songs of me that I've written. You know what I mean? And that nobody ever listened to <laughs> they're on Spotify. You know, I listen to them. Well, I know. Thanks. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the thing I loved about your album that you just put out, and for those of you uh, who are curious, uh, the album, or you can find Rich on Spotify under Rich Bischoff. Rich, why don't you spell your last name? It's kind of like the cookie you get on I always Airlines. To, I always have to spell it like this when I'm like telling people all over the phone. B as in boy, I-S-C-H-O-F-F as in Frank, because they think I'm saying S-S or V yeah. at the beginning. So it's B-I-S-C-H-O-F-F. Awesome. So yeah, you can check out Rich on Spotify, but uh, I gave it a listen and obviously there's some great traditional music on there. I, I love Christmas music. And in fact, I just passed the threshold. Megan's got a rule in the house that it has to be the week of Thanksgiving in order to uh, listen to Christmas music. Good for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and for my money, it does not get better than when Andy Williams, the great crooner sings. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm I'm a very classic Christmas guy. I like the uh, the old school music, but Rich wrote a fantastic uh, original song. So on your album, you have you have classics, right? Yeah. So I've got like the first Noel and Angels We Have Heard on High, Silent Night, Little Drummer Boy, Little Drummer Boy, stuff like that. Jingle Bells yeah. is on there, like a bluesy, jazzy version of that. But I also um, I wanted to scratch this itch of my singer songwriter side too, and so that's why I did. Uh, kind of a song like that as well well and uh the song is called december for those of you listening and the coolest thing about december. this is uh rich did it rich uh has his daughter who sings on it too which is which is pretty unique and she's got a fantastic voice which makes it really cool yeah and she played she's played in bands throughout the years i kind of got her i kind of i don't think i really like forced her into her. i think she really loves it um but i think now that she's older i like i kind of she wanted to sing on this one but it was kind of like um, I don't know. They get I, a certain age. Kind like of coaxed her a little bit. Yeah, maybe coaxed her a little bit. But and she just even after she was done, she's like, "Oh, I don't like my voice on it or whatever like that." And I, I'm I'm always that way with my voice. I'm like, I I totally could have sang sang that better. But if you don't give yourself a timeline and like decide you're going to release something, you never will. Yeah, just start right. Yeah, just start. Well, why don't why don't we do this? Let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play December. And, and if there's anything you want to talk about during the song, kind of uh, how it came about, the lyrics, any of that. Feel well, I can just like give a quick little yeah, intro. So, yeah, I'd love that. So the last few years, Christmas has kind of been. Man, I just feel like it's so commercialized with Amazon, and you're just like it's all the stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I and I think I've kind of turned into a Scrooge. And so this was me kind of writing a love letter to myself about like me remembering what Christmas was to me as a younger kid and the feeling of it. And so that's the feeling I wanted to portray in this song. Let's give it a listen.
so good. It's like hot butter dripping off of the corn. Thank you. It always goes down smooth. doing a good hippie dance that's awesome rich that's Thanks, a man. great tune i love that you did it that uh, your daughter was on that with you man that yeah, is fun that that's so cool i have to ask it's you it's a keeper it's a keeper it's a keeper <laughs> um, one last thing about your album that i have to ask you is first off who's playing the recorder uh there's not a recorder on there Gwen. uh no there's there's there is some sort of flute-like instrument being played in one of the songs. Okay, It's so, not in December. No, it's actually in December. It's actually in there. You hear the sustaining thing going on. In no, the no, 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 no. It's, I swear you've got a recorder in one of your songs. Well, no, there, it's not a recorder. There's a thing called an Ebo. Have you heard of those? I've heard of Bebo. It's this thing that you, it's a magnetic thing. Oh, That you put on yeah. your strings okay, yes, and it automatically yes, yeah. sustains okay. the things. And I bought one of those about a month ago. And it was kind of a thing to... 
inspire me to do yeah. something a little bit different. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I was recording. I think, so. I think Quinn has PTSD from the recorder yeah, I, because how, what grade was it? It was like third grade. No, I think you learned fifth grade. No, 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 no. Fifth grade. We were already in band. But I could so, see how you would think that no, would sound but, like a recorder. So but, Quinn, yeah. who loves music, was kicked out from playing the recorder. Yeah, they, and had, they told me I wasn't good enough and I had to play the fingers, the finger symbols and, and on what, Ode what, to what, Joy. What was your part? Ding, 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 ding. At the very ding. end. At the very end. So you still have PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah, literally, literally those, our kids will come home with all the recorder. All kids with their recorders <laughs> going, oh, look at me. I'm playing out the joy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Quinn, um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was not allowed. All right, Rich. Where uh, where can people find you online, man? Plug yourself here. Uh, so, you know, just search me on YouTube, Rich Bischoff, of course. And I'm, I have a website, richbischoff.com, where I... You know, I kind of promote my guitar lessons, my YouTube channel, my music, kind of that type of thing. And Spotify, Apple Music, about anywhere you want to find my music, you can because the way they distribute it now, you can pay to have it basically go everywhere. So, you know, Pandora, if you use that, I'm probably on there somewhere, somehow. And it uh, doesn't matter where you're at. If you want to hire Rich to come play your backyard party, it's always a guaranteed good time. Yep. Yep. Okay. I've done a lot of those. I, I played a buddy's 40, 40 year birthday party once that I went to high school with. Yeah. And it was just kind of weird because I was just in his living room playing the guitar while all, all his friends and all friends from high school that I knew too were coming in the door. And I'm just kind of back there, you know, just like. had a looper and stuff and I, he paid me well but it was just kind of like i'll play any gig <laughs> i was gonna say I'm that not, reminds me of a modern family episode where they yeah. had just a random guy in the front room and it was just so weird because all of a sudden friends or associates from high school started gathering in the living room kind of to listen to me but they also just were talking and i'm sitting there like having to he's paying me to perform but i'm like i just want to talk to my friends like, so like, so at one point I, I think i just stopped and like just started hanging out and talking <laughs> i love well we like to end. I mean, this is our first interview. But thank you, Rich. Yes, thank you for, uh, for deflowering us De-flower. in our, in our interview process. You're welcome. Yeah. But we are going to be asking every person that we interview the same questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Here's this cool. is going to be soul searching. So, so faster. So dig no. deep. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. So, how are you being unapod- unapologetically yourself? How are you? you know, in your forties and fifties? Um, you know, honestly, it's a struggle every day to do that. And I feel like there's a lot of self doubt, especially where we live. There's a culture that, and I won't get into that, but there's a culture that kind of molds people into a certain way. Um, so I think you have to just believe in yourself and forget about what other people think of you and Decide what you're passionate about and love it and go for it. And don't feel guilty about doing it. I feel like people start something and they start feeling guilt because, oh, I'm not, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I should spend more time doing something more productive. But you can balance your life and do the things you love and still do the things that matter the most. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I absolutely love that, man. Yep. That was, that was profound. Absolutely profound. Um, my ne- the next question would be, how are you adding resistance into your life? We're big on resistance growth, not just saying, well, I'm just 40, so that's that, you know. I will be honest with you guys. There's days I don't even want to get out of bed. But I force myself to get out of bed, and I do things. And if you can do that, if you can do one thing, say, 
say with my thing, I'm doing YouTube videos or recording a record or whatever. If you can do one thing a week that you love, and I don't care what it is, um, do it. Just do it. Get out of bed and do it, and you'll feel so much better. And it could be something really simple. Like my third car garage was just a freaking dive for like years. I think half my PA sitting in your third car garage. No, just, just two speakers. You've got the stands, just two speakers. Quinn explodes everywhere anyway, with so stuff. I finally, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, pulled everything out of the third car garage, put a whole bunch of it in the back of my minivan to take to, like, you know, the dump or wherever. And I like cleaned Quinn's it all speakers. out. <laughs> no, Quinn's, I, dude, I've used, I still use your speakers all the time. So I really appreciate those speakers. They're old. I think you've had them since. Oh, dude, yeah. they're, they're like 20 years I, old I, I bought those in 97 yeah and they still sound great and they're yamaha speakers and they're yeah. a good brand anyway so uh, me and my wife kind of cleaned out the garage and uh man it felt good do you know what i mean just anything you can do every week one thing that you love even if it's just maybe you don't feel like you even have a passion but you know there's something you can do that will make you feel better about your situation do that with one thing once a, once a week I love that. I feel like that's doable. One thing. Okay, the last question. This is the big one. It's the big one. Yeah. Is that only three questions? Three questions. Yeah. Whew. I know. Are you sweating yet? Yeah, okay, last question. He's like, oh my gosh. Sweating. <laughs> you, you open the fridge back here, Quinn? That's <laughs> some cool air. Uh, this is actually the coolest thing I own in my house in case. You, the Marshall uh, guitar yeah, this will this, this episode will be up on YouTube, but we do. I have a, I traded a guitar for a Marshall guitar amp fridge and it was worth it. Wait, what guitar did you trade? It was a Chet Atkins SST. Just kind of like a. It was an Epiphone like Dave oh, Matthews, yeah. like. Yeah, but it's like cool. his back when he played a solid body. But I want one of those in my studio and they're like 500 bucks. Yeah, I know. Stupid. That's why he was so yeah, excited. Yeah. He was like, yeah. And our, yeah. yeah. Okay. Last question. How are you justifying the F word? Dun, dun, uh, dun. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just with everything I'm doing right now, I'm just uh, trying to balance my life with the things I love. And like we talked about, um, earlier, I think that people that are really passionate about stuff maybe don't, aren't understood, um, in some, with some people, um, I don't know, maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like, uh, the way that I'm justifying the effort is I am doing what I want to do and what I love no matter what anyone says, but I'm still making my life work and having a balanced family life and everything else that I do. So that is so solid, man. So solid. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming in. Greatly appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your wisdom with us. Guys, this episode will be available on all platforms. Please share it with a friend and it will be our first episode ever up on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again. (laughs) And you guys all have a great week. Keep it classy.